Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is enjoying inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. From Inc.com to MSNBC's Your Business, Proven, People First, Fit Small Business, and a whole host of other sites. This podcast is gaining recognition as a great resource for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals. This is really because of the guests who join me here. They give of their time and their expertise so that all of you listeners can do better things in your businesses. Today we have such a guest. Um, joining me today is John Jonas. John is based in Utah and is the founder of the largest marketplace for finding Filipino workers, onlinejobs.ph, with over 150,000 Filipino workers in their database, is the site. He's also the founder of Replace Me, I mean, sorry, Replace Myself, a site that teaches you everything you need to know about outsourcing to the Philippines. Thanks so much for joining me today, John. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I'm really interested in this topic um, because, you know, it, it sort of comes and goes. And uh, one of the things that I hear from business owners is um, an, an un, um, what's the word I'm looking for, like an unease with having remote workers because I guess they feel like they lose some of their the control or knowing if they're really working. So how does a business owner or manager in a business keep remote workers motivated? <laughs> that was, Nothing like a tough question at the beginning yeah. of the whole thing. Okay. So, uh, how do you keep them motivated? I wonder, my initial reaction to that is it's the wrong question. Yeah, okay. Because it's, okay, so I think that when, when we think about hiring remote workers, we think about India because that's what most people have done. Right. And we think about like, it's a babysitting job, it's a headache, it's really difficult, right? Yeah, yeah. And and my experience is very, very different than that. And, and uh, so when I got started doing this, I, I had tried hiring people in India. I had tried hiring contract workers from Odesk at the time. It's Upwork now. 
I tried hiring freelancers locally and I was super frustrated with the whole thing. And it, it wasn't until I got some really good advice and a good reference to where I could hire someone full-time in the Philippines that kind of changed everything for me. Okay. And so when you ask about how to keep someone motivated, uh, I don't know, because that has never yeah. been an issue for me. Motivation, motivation for them isn't an issue. They're motivated. Uh, the Philippines is a very third world country. They want to keep their job. The, the, I think the issue there, and maybe the real issue of like motivation is trust. So um, very often when we think of hiring remote workers, like you said, I don't know if they're working, if they're really working, right? Right, right. And some of that stems from like, stems from the cultural way of India where you tell them something and they say yes because that's what they're allowed to say to their boss is yes. They're not allowed to say no. And in the Philippines, it's a different story. And so often we think, oh, I don't know if I can trust them. I don't know if I can trust that they're actually working. I don't know if I can trust, you know, that they are, right? That, that's our thought. Right. From their end, their thought is, I don't know if I can trust this boss. And we never, we kind of never think that way of like, no oh, to make this work really well, I need to gain their trust. I need to do some things so that they trust me. And if I do, they will become rock stars. And I see this all the time where it takes a little bit of work from you. And then that person becomes absolutely amazing. I get emails every single day from people saying, oh, I got lucky. I hired this really amazing person. Well, you know, when it's every single day, it's not, <laughs> not everybody's getting lucky, right? Yeah, right. So, so I, think, I think in the end, the, the question is kind of, or the answer is to kind of look at yourself and say, how am I managing this person? Do I think of them as a robot? Because a lot of people do. And, and if you do, then you're not going to have a good experience with this and they're not going to be motivated to do good work for you. If you treat them like uh, a valuable employee, rather than someone who's expendable, then the, the, in the Philippines, they will do anything they can to keep their job and to do good work for you. You know, this is so interesting for me because, and I so appreciate that answer because I think business leaders forget that they have a role to play in the level to which people want to work for them and with them, almost regardless of where they're from. But I totally get this thing about the, you know, the folks in the Philippines want to keep their job. They want to be bringing in an income. So as long as you're providing them with, I would imagine the information that they need and, um, Training and training, right? And and security and 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 letting them trust you. I think that's so interesting. I don't think business leaders realize that they have a responsibility to be trustworthy. Yeah, and and trustworthiness. So when I what I discovered a long time ago was it is a different experience in the Philippines than anywhere else in the world. And there's a whole bunch of different cultural attributes that go into that. And so when we talk about being trustworthy with workers, 
Number one, I'm talking about hiring full-time people, full-time or part-time, but long-term people, not freelancers or contract workers. Someone who's going to do a project for you and then they're gone. Okay. Well, like that person doesn't care about your business. They don't care if you succeed or you fail. They don't care if what they do helps you. You hire a full-time person or a part-time person who's long-term, all of a sudden they care because their job's at stake, right? Like if you don't succeed, then they're, they don't have a job. So in the Philippines, they are very much dependent and like culturally, they want feedback. They thrive on it. They thrive on you being there for them. And, and that's different than other places. And so yeah. if, if you think you're going to hire someone and just leave them alone, which I, I, you know, I see this all the time. We're like, oh, I don't want to be involved with this person at all. Well, then, then this isn't right for you. You know, this isn't going to work. But if you're willing to do a little bit of work with them, you know, to give them a little bit of feedback each day and, and talk to them like they're a person and, and they're an employee and they work for you, then you, you have this amazing labor force where for $400 to $1,500 a month for full-time work, you hire really talented people and they're loyal and they're honest and they're hardworking and it, it, it's really good. But you have to do a little bit of work. This isn't like a magic bullet. Right. Right. Yeah, that's great. That is great. Okay, but so let's flip it. Because there are other people who are micromanagers. And so they want to micromanage their outsource workers, which I cannot imagine works well. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, micromanaging isn't great anytime, right? Yeah. Um, I guess. I don't know. It, uh, so, are, it, can it be valid? Can it be uh, useful? I don't, you know, I don't know. I, sometimes I wonder if I micromanage people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this worked so stinking well for me, you know. Um, so I, I will say this. If you, if you will manage them, actively manage them and, and provide them feedback, and give them direction and show them what you want. Specifically with the Philippines, it works really, really well. At, at some point, when, when your people start coming to you and, and offering you advice, let them, let them start taking off, right? Yeah. Where a, a lot of people, you know, they, they won't do that. They won't take advice from someone, from a, from a freelancer or from a VA on the other side of the world. If, if they start bringing you advice, you have done something right to gain their trust and yeah, micromanaging, man. Huh. Yeah, know. but that's, but what you, well, it's interesting because what you described isn't micromanaging. It's making sure that you're interacting with people. You're providing feedback, you're receiving feedback that, that you have a, a relationship with them as it relates to your business and the role they play. Yeah. That's not necessarily micromanaging. No, you're right. And let me, let me give a different, let me give a different example here or okay. maybe a different angle to this micromanaging. Okay. So maybe the, maybe the issue that I see is more often I'm the only one who can do this thing. Right. Yeah. Right. That, that's like, that's the, the classic entrepreneur thing. Oh, I'm the one who has to do this because I, yeah. I don't know if they're going to do it as well as I can. And if they right. don't, well, I don't want them. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, 
there's only so much time in the day and there's only so many things you can do and there's only so much brain power and bandwidth that you have. And so whether or not they're doing it as well as you can or your exact correct way, in my experience, doesn't really matter. In, in the end, if something gets done, business is better off because of it. Yeah. If more things are getting done and they're not, maybe none of them are getting done exactly how you want it, but now there's 14 things getting done instead of two, you're better off. Yeah. So that, that's kind yeah. of the way, that's kind of my, that's uh, the way I handle this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really agree with that. I think that's a really good point. It, it's time best spent. You know, where should you be devoting your time? And you can maximize output by, by excuse me, by just letting other people, I mean, on some level, I think no one's ever going to do things with the same heart that you have for your business. And you just have to accept that and get over it. But it doesn't mean that they can't be productive and successful and help move the business forward. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's Okay. Now, why is it that the Philippines seem to be unique in this? So for a long time, I think, so I'm, I'm talking about the, the U.S. here, and I, I don't know what Australia or the U.K. or you know, wherever else thought, but I think we thought, oh, there's a billion people in India. There's got to be really great people there. So let's just go to India. And, and they speak good English, where like the Philippines only has 100 million people in it. It's not, it's not a billion. Yeah. And, and, and I think we kind of ignored it. And about 10 years ago, the world woke up to like, Oh, uh, English is, elementary school is taught in English in the Philippines. Uh, the government mandates that business be conducted in English. Um, so English is a primary language there. It's not a secondary language. And then they're very, very westernized. So like they watch American TV and American movies, um, they, I, I was in a hotel once and there's two people arguing, a desk clerk and a, a Filipino guest, and they're arguing in English. I've only been to the Philippines once. I've only stayed in one hotel. And this is the conversation I hear is them arguing in English. Um, they, there's a whole bunch of cultural things like they look up to foreign, up to foreign bosses, which is different than elsewhere in the world where they look at you or their foreign bosses like this joke. I'm like, oh, they, they're so stupid, you know? Yeah. All, all, these, all these conditions kind of combine to make a really unique situation with the Philippines. And you combine that with the fact that they're not entrepreneurial. So they don't want to steal your idea or your business or your right. domain or whatever it is. They don't want to steal your stuff and, and try and do it on their own. And, and it makes a really good situation where they want to work for you. I'll, I'll add in their loyalty. So like one of the biggest questions I get often is, oh, what happens when they, when they get a job offer making more money? They're just going to jump ship. Well, that, no, that's not the case in the Philippines. And I can tell you story after story of they're super loyal almost to it being a fault of theirs where you hire someone, if you treat them well, they will never stop working for you. Wow. So, so it wow. really does create this different situation that you can you can build a business around 
like real loyal, talented help. Right. Right. Exactly. So, so, and I thought it was interesting that you said that you're talking about, you know, for the most part, full time, you really are talking about having remote workers, not necessarily like virtual assistants or freelancers. Yeah. Not freelancers. Yeah. That's interesting. Because, and especially in the Philippines, there's so much temporary and, and contract work in the Philippines that when you give them a full-time job, it, it's so good for them. When you give them a long-term job, it's so good for them. And then on your side, uh, a freelancer, a contract worker means by definition, 100% turnover. And yeah. turnover in a business is really, really hard. So, you know, it yeah, takes a great point. It takes a minute effort to recruit a full-time long-term person as it does to recruit a, a good freelancer. Yeah. So either you benefit from them over and over and over and over again, or one time it takes you your same amount of effort. Right. So, and, and, and this is kind of different than what most people think about outsourcing. You think about outsourcing, you think, oh, I'm going to hire a, a, a contract worker and get this project done. Exactly. A project is never really done. I mean, you don't just get your website built. If you do, your yeah. website's already irrelevant. <laughs> so it's, it's an ongoing thing. That's a really good point. And it's funny because when you were talking about uh, that, that they're taught English and whatnot, I remember once having a problem, this was years ago, having a problem with the computer and the first company that I had to call, the customer support was in India and they were following the script and I, you know, it was hard for us to communicate with each other and it just drove me crazy. But it turned out that I had to call the company that, that produced the modem. And so I call them I get this guy who speaks perfect English. So I'm assuming he's here and he asked me how the weather is where I am. So I tell him and I say, how's the weather where you are? And he tells me and he says, I'm in the Philippines. I said to him, wow, your English is great. How, how is that? He goes, I watch American TV. <laughs> and I just thought that is fascinating. Right. Because, you know, you learn conversational English, but and it was perfect, I, you know, just incredibly good right. English and with no accent. Right. So yeah. the other side of that is not only do they speak really good English because, you know, in India, they have really good English. They have an accent. That's fine. Whatever. But the communication uh, expectations are very different in, in other, other parts of the world than they are in the U S and the communication expectations in the Philippines is the same as here. So you'll never have a communication issue with someone in the Philippines. It, that's not, uh, that's not a thing. Interesting. That's so fascinating. Cause uh, uh, you know, I mean, you, you just wouldn't think it. You would just think that anywhere that wasn't the U S these were the, that's what that I thought. Deal with. Yeah. yeah. Outsourcing is just outsourcing. It sucks. It's hard. Yeah. Right. 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 Until I found something different. Yeah. Right. Wow. This is so great. Okay, I have to take a sponsor break and then I want to keep going with this. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. If you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. 
Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are um, The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and 80-20 Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with John Jonas about outsourcing work to people in the Philippines. Okay, so before I had asked you about like how do you keep people motivated, and and I, I, you had a great answer about that. I thought that was really great. Another question that I think people wonder about is accountability, you know, for, for delivering on the work when you don't, when you're not in the same office with them. So how, how do you do that when they're that far away? It's hard. So a, a lot of people will use a time tracker and, and that's fine, but it's not, it's not a great solution. Um, so like a time tracker will, it's something they install on their computer and, and it'll track how much they work and it'll take screenshots of their, of their computer. And so you can see exactly what they were doing during their work time. Huh. They hate it. Number one, you know, it feels like big brother looking at them. Uh, right. You would never, you would never do that in your office, right? Yeah. In, in, in a business here, you would never do that to someone. Right. Um, really for me, it's, it's about productivity. You know, I, I find in 90% of cases, 95% of cases, I know if you're working or not, right? Like if your daily report tells me uh, you sent a couple emails today and that's all you did, well, you know, I know that doesn't take very long, you know? So yeah. I have a pretty good idea. If, if you're working on a programming project, you know, I, I at least have a reasonable idea of like, oh, this isn't super complicated. And that's not really fair because I graduated from college of computer science. So I, you know, I have <laughs> but, but I'm just saying generally you, you have an idea, you know, like if someone gives you a daily report and they say, Oh, today as a customer service, I, I answered 48 emails and I chatted with 17 people like, okay, you know, that's, that's a good amount of work for your shift. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's, how, to productivity, my experience is you hire someone, you get an initial idea of their productivity, right? From there, for, from then on, over the years, you're going to have a, you, you have a really good idea of what they can, should be doing. Okay. So it's like anyone else, really. I mean, because that's the same with people who are in your same building. Yeah. The difference is, Someone in your same building, you're paying 20 or 30 or $50 an hour to, and this person you're paying three or $4 an hour. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, so, right. so, and in the end, you know, if they're not, if they're not productive hundred percent of the time, it's fine. At least yeah. for me. Right. So yeah. that, that's yeah. kind of how I look at it. You know, if I, if they only work five hours instead of eight, you know, I'm, I'm still way, way ahead. Yeah, that, that is a very good point. That's right. And, and they really do need to yeah. look at it that way. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, um, what, so if there's somebody listening and they're thinking, okay, well, I, I should give this a shot. Are there certain things they should be looking for when they're hiring a, a you know, uh, easy yeah. for me to say a remote worker? Yeah. So if, 
if you're looking for a technical person, a programmer, a designer, a, a build your website person, obviously you have to look at your budget, you know, because you're, you know, what your budget is will vary. But within that budget, the more experience they have, the better off, right? And, and for, specifically for like a programmer or a web person. Yeah. Designer may not be that, may not be the case, but you can look at a designer's portfolio. You can see what, what their work is and see if it's to your liking, right? Right. For every other position, and maybe not every other position, but you know, I'm talking social media or customer service or content writing or uh, what else do I have? HR or um, admin work. Yeah. English is really important. I English is the number one thing to look for. English and, and this kind of gets into how I recruit in my recruiting process and the technical details of it, but, but you're looking at their attention to detail and their uh, reliability in responding. Okay. So this is, do you want me to go into this in a little bit? Yeah, I, w I would actually. I think this All is right. really important. Okay. So when I'm recruiting someone, they're on the other side of the world. You don't get to sit down with them, right? You don't have right. the assurance of like, oh, they didn't show up to my office today. Right. 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 So for me, one of the really important things is uh, I, I need to know that you're working every day. And so I require a daily report every single day. Okay. And when I recruit, I can tell pretty dang well if someone is going to be reliable or not. And that is based on how reliable are they in, in the recruiting process. So when I, when I recruit someone, whether I posted a job or whether I contacted a whole bunch of workers and I'm interviewing them, when I interview, I ask, a whole bunch of questions across a whole bunch of emails. And so I, I email them one or two or three questions and I wait for their response. And then I ask them one or two or three more questions. And if it takes them two or three days to respond, uh, well, you know, when, when I hire them, I know it's going to probably take them two or three days to respond. And, yeah. and that's not okay with me. If I ask them four questions and they only answer two of them, or they answer three of them and they ignore one, well, then after I hire them, I know that they're likely to ignore tasks that I've given them. Yeah. And so I found that this process of asking lots of questions over lots of, lots of emails does a really good job of weeding out the people that I don't want. Uh, the, the thing that I don't do, and this is going to sound contrary to what everybody's thinking or what almost everybody, everybody else who gives advice is, don't do a Skype interview. When you're recruiting people, do not schedule an interview on Skype and try and get them onto Skype so you can talk to them face-to-face. -face. Really? Work. How come? So there, there's a couple of reasons. One, potentially, you know, the, third world, the Philippines is a third world country and yeah. it's, it's pretty third world. So they have a laptop they're perfectly capable of writing content for you. They're perfectly capable of using Facebook. They don't have a microphone. Well, how do they tell you that, you know, in, in an interview? Like, so yeah, they'll schedule the Skype interview and hope that you're just going to chat with them. But when you want to do a phone call, they're not, they're not going to show up. Wow. Or, and, and that's, that's one potential option. The other potential issue is Filipinos are scared. 
So they're scared of letting you down. They're scared of, and this is the number one problem you run into is they're, they call it shy. Um, they don't want to lose face is really what, really what it comes down to. So if they do an interview with you and you don't understand them, then they, you know, they're super embarrassed. Now, the reality is that their English is probably really, really good, but they don't know that because they've never talked with an American before on the phone, right? So um, it's just, it's something I've seen over and over again. It's something that people still want to do. And they still come back to me and say, you were right. I shouldn't have done the Skype interview. And the reason <laughs> is because it, you're going you're gonna to schedule interviews with four people and one of them is going to show up or two of them are going to show up. And those other two could have been really great as right. your customer service rep and you just lost them as recruits. Yeah. Wow. So. That's so great. That, that is just, it, it's such great insight. Like I'm listening to that and I'm thinking, we wouldn't stop to think that the person that we are wanting to interview or hire hasn't spoken to an American. You know, we're so in our own worlds. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that we don't think about this stuff, that they might not have a microphone. We just right. make assumptions. Right. Right. What, wow. what they have is perfectly good, perfectly fine for the job that you're going to give them. Right. But you're asking them to do something that's well above and beyond. Or, you know, they might be embarrassed because, because they live in this little tiny house yeah. and they have chickens running around and you're going to hear their chickens clucking on the phone call. Yeah. And they're super embarrassed. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Are there some jobs that you shouldn't outsource to the Philippines or does it really not matter? So one of the things that I have found that, yeah, I have two situations. So okay. for me, I don't outsource our marketing information. So like sales info, we create that ourselves. Sales okay. processes, that's us. Um, marketing tactics of like, hey, use this website, post this here, do this, something like that. Yeah, they're doing it all the time. Um, so that, that's one thing that's not, not great. Uh, another, the, the second situation is, so I, I get this email once a week from someone. Uh, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna hire a Filipino to do it for me. Well, you know, that's not, it's, that's not gonna work. I'm a total newbie and I don't really understand uh, this marketing stuff, so I'm just gonna hire someone else to do it for me. Well, this is not likely to work. Yeah. So if you don't know why you're hiring someone, you don't know what they're going to do for you. You're expecting to hire someone, have them tell you what to do. It's not going to work. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's a great point. And people do that all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like they hear my story. I mean, I can tell you story after story after story of really amazing work that, that my people have done or like businesses that they have built for me. And they think, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to hire someone else. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but they'll, they'll know. Well, the reality is that I knew what I was doing. Yeah. Stuff, right? So I told them what to do. I told them why to do it. I told them how to do it. I didn't do the work, but I knew. Right. And that's really important. All right, wait, let me ask you a question about that. 
is it work that you could have done and you knew how to do it that well? It just wasn't where you should be investing your time. A lot of it. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, you think about things that, okay. So all the things that I've mentioned aside from programming and design work, right? So like I can't do design work. I'm terrible at it, but programming I could do. Most people can't. Okay. So there's two good things, right? Customer service I can do, social media I can do, uh, content writing I can do. I hate all of those things, yeah. but, but I could do them, right? Yeah. Uh, posting in forums I can do, posting on Craigslist I can do, or, or whatever it is, I can do those things. It's just a terrible use of my time. Right. Right, right, right. And I think people really need to look at that kind of thing because we all do that thing. Well, it's just faster if I do it. I can it just is. do it. Yeah. yeah. The first but time. Not it necessarily. Is. Right. Exactly. Right. Huh. Okay. Um, okay. So, so are there things that like common things that take up a lot of time in a business that are really easy things to outsource? Customer support. Okay. Um, I mean, I can tell you what we do in my business. Okay. Yeah. So my day consists of giving feedback to people who are working for me and, uh, giving instructions for how to do for giving instructions for what to do. So we have programmers who work for us. I have four full-time programmers. I have designers who, who do design work. Um, I have admin people who look at the back end of our systems and follow protocols of like, Hey, we don't want this going on or we don't like this or, stuff like that. Those admin people, we have customer support people who answer, answer questions and you know, they forward stuff on to other people when they don't know answers, have an HR person who does recruiting. Um, what else do we have? So in the end, for me, the, the only thing I do is tell people what to do. And and it it took me some time to get to that point. Right. But I never touch WordPress. Right. Because so many people people are building an online business, you know, it's on, they build it on WordPress and that's fine. But you can spend so dang much time tweaking some little thing or Shopify or whatever it is, you know, you can spend so much time doing this. Um, where your time is just better spent. Your time, your brain power is better spent focusing on how do I make more sales rather right. than how do I get this widget to do what I want it to do, right? Yeah. Because one more feature on your website isn't gonna make more sales. Well, that's a really good point. Now, all those people that you mentioned, all those roles that you mentioned, are, are all of them Filipino? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I have, we have 21 people full-time in the Philippines. Wow. Yeah, I have two people in the U.S. who work for me. Okay. And, and like I said, they do 
um, sales marketing creation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, Another thing that I haven't talked about, one of the people that I have working for me are advertisers. So like Google AdWords, Facebook ads in the Philippines. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So they're creating and managing those ads for you? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like the strategy work is being done here and then the implementation is being done there. So, yeah. Some of the advertising strategy work is done here, but a lot of it's done there. Oh, I'll be darned. Yeah. yeah okay. there, I mean, there's some really, really talented people. It sounds like it. Well, how do you find them? So like where? Yeah. Yeah, if someone's listening and they're thinking, wow, I'd really like to do this, where, where do they go to find the you know, talented? So when I got started, the only option was to go to an agency. Um, and, and there's dozens, hundreds of these where like they, have, they create an office in the Philippines, they recruit Filipinos, bring them into the office. You tell them, I want this kind of a person. They say, okay, here you go. And they mark up their salary and lease them to yeah. you basically. Okay. Which when I got started, it was fine. I mean, it was the only option. Uh, you know, it's like a six to $10,000 a year difference in, okay. in the markup, right? It's not the yeah. end of the world. It's just not the best. Yeah. So, and I give you that because the second option that I'm going to give you is, is mine, but it's the best. Great. Okay. <laughs> but I want to be totally upfront here, right? So yeah, right. Yeah. Onlinejobs.ph is the marketplace where you'll find people. And, it, and you can do this however you want to do it. You can go to an agency. Uh, you can go to Upwork. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to end up at onlinejobs.ph, though. Uh, that's, we see it every single day. This is, this is wow. the, the way that customers flow. Because at Online Jobs, we're just a marketplace where we connect you directly with, no, we let you connect directly with the workers themselves. So they work from home. There's no extra overhead to get their effort. Uh, there's no salary markups. There's no manager in between you and them. You get directly to them, which is the most efficient way to get the work done. Um, yeah. You communicate with them however you want to communicate with them, whether maybe you want Slack or maybe you want email or maybe you want a project manager, system. whatever it is, you get to do things your way and we don't interfere. So you go to onlinejobs.ph. There's so you're in the intro that you had is uh, the numbers are a little bit off. There's there's over half a million resumes there, and um, that is a little off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, and, and it's growing really fast too. Yeah, it sounds like it. And so you'll go on and you'll either post a job and you'll have 50 people respond and you can sort through them and, you know, interview and hire the best, or you can go on and contact people. You can look at their profiles. They look at their resumes and say, Hey, I like this. I like these people contact them, contact 20 of them and start interviewing and hire the best one. Um, and, and then, you know, there, there's this whole dynamic that's going on here where they don't have the daily commute 
which in the Philippines is a major, major issue. The traffic is so much worse than here, than anywhere here. Uh, a standard commute in Manila is over an hour, just standard. That's everywhere, right? And, and super often it's like, oh, I have a two and a half hour commute to work. That's so crappy. No kidding. Um, and then they work from home, which is really nice. Uh, and they work on their own hours and they have a foreign boss, which is really good for them socially in the Philippines. There's, there's, a, whole, there's a whole bunch of, of really good that goes on to make this a, a good situation. So it, you can go to onlinejobs.ph, find someone. You can try it at Upwork. I, I'm just trying not to only talk about yeah. your own platform, you know? Yeah. But speaking of your own platform, I would like you to talk about um, this replace myself because it feels to me like that's a great place for people to start. So over the last couple of months, I've actually taken some of what's at Replace Myself and put it at online jobs. So Replace Myself is that. where I started doing this, where I started teaching. When I started teaching this, I, I didn't realize the demand there would be for it. And so I put together a webinar that I've done hundreds of times because there's so many people want to know. So at replacemyself.com, you can go on, register for a webinar, uh, listen, join in on a webinar where I'll teach everything we've talked about today and a bunch more about how to do this. And I'll show you how to look at profiles and how to, how to recruit and, and what kind of what they look like. Or you can just go into online jobs and look. If you go into onlinejobs.ph and go to the education page, there's a webinar that's similar, or there, not a webinar, there's a video there, the top video. You can watch it at your own pace, whatever. Uh, it's, I think, 35 minutes. Okay. And, and it'll teach you everything you need to know to start doing this. So. Awesome. Yeah. All that, we make all that, that's all free. We, we wow. want to educate as many people as we can uh, because it changes people's lives. It changes people's lives yeah. in the US. It changes people's lives in the Philippines. We've seen it thousands yeah. of times. Wow. This is really great. I, I appreciate you coming on here because this is the kind of thing that people don't really know, right? I mean, now they do. And so it takes the mystique off of it and brings it into a reality that I think business owners can appreciate and, and understand. And so it makes it more doable, you know, maybe less scary. Yeah. If you, if you know up front, Oh, I'm going to hire this person full time or part time, but long term. Yeah. It changes what your brain will allow you to do. Where if you're hiring a contract worker, you know, oh, I can't spend very much time on this person. So any yeah. time I spend recruiting, I just have to limit it. Any extra effort I put in is wasted because they're only going to do this one thing for me, then they're gone. Yeah. When you go to hire a full time or a part time person that's long term, now your brain knows, oh, I can hire, I can spend extra time in hiring. I can spend time training because anything I do is going to come back to me over and over again. Right. And that as a business owner makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. It, it is huge. Wow. And, and I really appreciate explaining the cultural aspect of it because I think it helps people realize that it's a worthwhile adventure 
because, uh, right, because of the mindset and the culture that's going on in the Philippines that you you get really uh, loyal, devoted employees, basically, and without a lot of the worry that surrounds what people think of this. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, I mean, in the end, when I, whenever I talk about this, I, I always say as like the parting thing, it, you, you have, you have to give it a try to know, right? Yeah. Like I can talk to you until I'm blue in the face and tell you, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I only work 12 hours a week. Yeah. But until you try it for yourself and see, does this work for me? Can, can I do this and get three hours back in my week? Yes or no. Right. Right. Oh, getting three hours back in my work week, man, that's a big difference. Yeah. Right? Or can I get 12 hours back? Yeah. Right? Like, wow. That's yeah. a lot of time. Hey, there's my yeah. exercise time. Hey, there's my time with my wife. Yep. I agree with you. I think though, it really does help to hear about your experience with it and, and what you've learned about it and how it's actually working because it's just different than someone saying, go ahead and try this. You know, this is what we think or being really generalized about the topic of yeah. outsourcing overseas. So yeah, here's some ideas that you might try, right? Yep. Like this is something I've done for 13 years now and I've seen thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people do it and it's, yep. and it works and it's really good. Right. But right. you have to try it for yourself. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And you try it with one and something that you know you really shouldn't be doing that you know how to do, but is really out of where you should be investing your time, like some sort of admin. Hey, sort of that, what you just said is so important. And I, I haven't talked about this. So I know a lot of people listening will say, oh, great, I'm going to go hire a team. Don't go hire a team. Go start with one, hire one person to do one job, train them well, see that this works for you. When they're working for you well, then go hire someone else. Yeah. Yeah, right. Right. Have a process, right? Yeah. Don't dive into the deep end. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It is great. My gosh, thank you so much for sharing all of this. So, we talked about, you know, online jobs at PH and replace myself. Um, please share with the listeners if there's anything else they should know or any other ways they can find you. So uh, I'm available through any of the contact us links. Okay. <laughs> it, it doesn't go to me, but if you ask for me, it gets forwarded to me. Okay. Uh, obviously, it's going to go to someone in the Philippines first. <laughs> but, but if you ask for me, it's going to come directly to me and I will respond to you. Uh, I'll, I'll respond to anybody all the time through email. I don't answer my phone. Uh, I'm also available through Facebook, even though I dislike Facebook. Yeah. Uh, I have been hounded enough that I'll, I, I'll respond to Facebook messages. So. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I know exactly how you feel about that. I'm, I'm yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a whole other conversation. So, okay. <laughs> Good. Oh my gosh. This, this was just really, I, I, I'm so grateful um, to have you come on and, and just really clear the air about this and share your experience and, and about the resources that you have for people because 
um, a lot of small business owners, this is what they should be doing, that this is the kind of thing that can really help them scale up. So, yes. Yeah. Thanks for being here. I want to thank the listeners as well um, and our sponsor. Remember, uh, you can get a free trial and a free audio book uh, from audible.com by going to audibletrial.com slash business growth. Continue to prosper and be curious. This is the kind of thing you would want to be curious about. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.